Joining me today is Colonel Pat Kilroy, the general manager at the Warhawk Air Museum. And he's here to talk to us all about the museum as well as the Warbird Roundup. Colonel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Please call me Pat. <laughs> okay. I'll uh, I'll dismiss with the formalities here. But good, good, good. good. <laughs> but yeah, we th- like it. We like it that way. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on and, and agreeing to talk. It's nice to be here. Yeah, good. Really looking forward to hearing all about the Warbird Roundup and more about the Warhawk Air Museum and then a uh, an announcement that just uh, was decided this week yeah. that uh, we'll talk about on here as well. Yeah, pretty big news. Yeah. Pretty exciting stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's start off by learning a little bit about you. So who are you? What is your history, your resume, and how did you find yourself there at the Warhawk Air Museum? I'm not a native to Idaho, but, uh, you know, I got here as soon as I could. Um, <laughs> I was active duty military for um, almost three decades, 27 commissioned, and uh, spent a couple of years at, uh, at West Point. I wound up in Boise, uh, of all places, because uh, I decided not to take a command opportunity in Korea and, and wound up in Boise because this was a better place for us at the time. You know, 17 moves uh, into our career. My wife and I looked at uh, where we were and where the kids were and said, you know, maybe that's a little bit too much for us. So um, so we wound up in Boise, of all places. I worked for the state adjutant general for a, about four years doing um, essentially uh an advisory role for the National Guard and the Adjutant General. It was a fantastic opportunity for us because it allowed us as a family to settle in as I was getting ready to retire. And I also took the opportunity to get an MBA at Boise State as a transition out of the service, which is a great opportunity to not only meet people, but to um, get some educational skills, departing service. And uh, as a result of that experience and, and meeting some folks, I came to know John and Sue Paul, who were the founders of the museum. And uh, they asked me to come on to help hang some business structures and to refine their business processes and work processes and, and other things. And, uh, and as a result of that, you know, I've been out there about two years now. And what's really exciting about my experience is, is that uh, it's really a phenomenal place, well, well-led, well-run by uh, terrific people. Tremendous volunteer corps and a fantastic mission that generously gives back to its community. And it's just a real, you know, honor and pleasure to be associated with it and, uh, you know, to be talking to you today about who it is and what we do. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, I, I thought it was ironic that uh, the last thing or the thing that you turned down when you settled in Boise was a command assignment in Korea. As we were talking off the air, that uh, your son is over there right now. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, our son John took command of a company in the First Cav Division, and shortly after taking command, he and the brigade that he's in has deployed to Korea as part of you know ongoing things, uh, if you will. And you know he's doing fine. He's uh, he's in the military now. Hey, it's a family business. You got to keep somebody uh, you know running the running the outfit and. He's doing great. The company and the brigade are doing fantastic. And, you know, they're proud to serve just like, you know, all of us were. So, Well, that's interesting. You called it a family business. Now, were you the first in your family to serve or were there? Uh, no, actually, my father was uh, not only first generation American, but also served in the military. And he was a B-25J uh, pilot in the South Pacific, 345th Bomb Group. And you know, had a distinguished career, retired as a colonel and yeah, so like I said, family business, right? <laughs> and what, air, what aircraft did you operate? I was a light attack and reconnaissance pilot in, in the Army. So most of my time was, was spent flying uh, 58 Deltas, which were um, the armed version. I commanded a, an air cavalry troop in the 82nd Airborne Division. Then I was a, an operations officer in a Brigade S3 and the 1st Cav Division at Hood. 
And so about about 13 years in the cockpit and uh, or in tactical assignments and the rest is history, right? <laughs> I guess so. And now how long have you been at Warhawk Air Museum? About two years, Matt. About okay. Two, about two years. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I want to make sure and announce it. I'm going to announce it several times through this episode. But the Warbird Roundup, which is coming up August 26th and 27th from 9 to 4 each day at the Warhawk Air Museum, 201 Municipal Drive in Nampa. And uh, we're going to be talking all about that and uh, that special announcement coming up. Let's take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, let's uh, let's talk about this Warbird Roundup a little bit. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks. D&B knows that life in the West is defined by hard work, innovation, and constant improvement. These values made the West what it is today, and these are the values that have made Wrangler the defining Western brand since 1947. Wrangler Apparel is designed to feel good in the saddle, look sharp at the rodeo, and work hard on the ranch. That's why Wrangler fits with classic Western heritage like a boot in a stirrup. For clothing that's a good value and steeped in Western values stock up on wrangler at your favorite dnb supply if you think buzzing insects are annoying just think about your horses without arms to swing and swat with flies and gnats can land right in their eyes and ears leading to sores infections and even allergic reactions so this summer protect your horses with dervet fly control masks from dnb supply dervet fly control masks keep a horse's eyes fresh and clean preventing infections and improving vision for your noble steed Dervet Fly Control Masks, available with and without ear protection at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, Pat. Well, now that we're back, let's get into talking about the Warbird Roundup. So I guess a very general question for our listeners who are not aware of what it is, what is it? Okay, so um, originally called uh, the Northwest Gathering of Warbirds. That's what it was uh, named several years ago, about 20 years ago. Uh, first held out at Caldwell, which is the original location of the museum, grew into what we call today the uh, the Warbird Roundup. And what we're really talking about when we say Warbirds, those are mostly World War II fighter airplanes, or as the case may be, aircraft that operated in in that kind of a of a role. The type of Warbirds we're, we're typically talking about, you know, are um, in this case for this year is the uh, P-38 Lightning, which, you know, is a really exciting airplane, one of the most famous fighters that are out there, the P-51D and other variant models. And I'm going to hold on to the special announcement because I know you <laughs> want to talk about that. And then our namesake, the P-40 Warhawk. So there are several other fighters that are out there, Army Air Corps which became, of course, Air Force, Navy, and um, Marine aircraft like the Corsair, which is another very famous one. But what we're really talking about when we talk about warbirds are those fighter airplanes that got their start during World War II, which helped win the war. Well, we were talking off the air, and, and I want to make sure the listeners get to hear all of this. So that's a very popular thing when these planes come in and uh, people get to come and see them. That draws a lot of people to this event, right? So uh, people who like uh, fast and loud and, uh, yes, sexy airplanes, (laughs) the Warbird Roundup is, uh, if you haven't been, I just highly recommend it. It's a small town feel. The airplanes are within an arm's reach of you. So many other places that have events like this, now the crowds are well offset from, for safety reasons, the crowds are well offset and, and we're able to operate today in an environment mostly because of the great relationship they have we have with the city uh, with the, with the, the Nampa airport 
and, and the way that we go about doing what we do, folks really get um, a, a great feel and touch for these old airplanes, the the pilots who fly them, and the community and the culture that surrounds them. So it's a it's a tremendous opportunity. It's a great opportunity, very family friendly, and quite frankly, it's just it's just fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. And are these aircraft? And this is probably what you would classify as a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> are these aircraft flown here, or are they trucked in here? No, they're all, uh, with the exception of those that we have at the museum. So there are uh, a half a dozen airplanes at the museum. All of our prop airplanes are still flying. So about six of our aircraft will be flying that day. But then another, you know, 12 to 15 airplanes will, will be flown in by their owners from various places, Southern California, Central California, Oregon or Washington or here in Idaho. And so those plane owners will fly those in to participate because, we are recognized in the Warbird community um, of not only having a, a top quality event, but Idaho is a fantastic place to be in late August. The weather starts to, to drop, the, the temperatures that is, the temperatures start to drop, the flying conditions are excellent. And, you know, what's not to love about the Treasure Valley? It's just a fantastic place to be. The, the folks are friendly. And, um, yeah, like I said, it's it's fun. Well, now, a lot of these planes then, they're coming in from private owners to put, be put on display. Yeah, for the that's Warburg. exactly right. These are privately owned airplanes. Okay, so the rest of the year, they're housed wherever these, these private individuals yeah. come. Yeah, and that's why, uh, you know, the original name, Gathering of Northwest Warbirds, really, really stuck because you had airplanes f- coming in from all different locations, mm-hmm. you know, flown in by their private owners. And suddenly, a collection of these <laughs> of these beautiful air, you know aircraft show up, mm-hmm. and for the person or the you know the couple or the family that wants to to share in that opportunity, it's it's a once in in a year opportunity. Mm-hmm. And with the things we have going on this year, uh, <laughs> and I know we're going to get to some details here, but um, it's a you know it's a once in a decade opportunity. Okay. Yeah, that's called a tease, Pat. The the way I keep people listening is I keep teasing them about. <laughs> sorry, the sorry, I did it. It's not. It's not it's, this is not my gig. You know, this is yours, right? Hey, you're doing great. You're doing great. Okay. Well, that's, I'm just trying to not let the cat out of the bag too early. You know, you keep telling me stop. You we got to so. get people to hang around. Oh, okay. Well, got to get them to hang tell around. them. Tell them, Matt. Come on. Tell them. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you. So these these private individuals that are flying in these military aircraft from days gone by. How does one go about, if you're a private individual, getting military aircraft? How in the world does this even happen? Well, I'll do my very best to answer that question because uh, it's, it's, nowadays it's a little bit tougher than it used to be. Once upon a time, you know, going back into the 60s and 70s, there were uh, surplus war stock airplanes that were, in some cases, they were in, in junk piles. And I've seen photos of places in the United States, in Canada, in New Zealand, in Australia, and other places where there were hundreds, and in some cases, thousands of old fighter planes that were literally, you know, in various states of condition, mostly in pieces, and in junk heaps. And what happened many times is, creative and you know ingenuitive people like John Paul and his friends would go to these places and they would salvage airplanes out of these junk heaps and put them back together mm-hmm. right and and we're not just talking 
you know, engines. We're talking about props and flight controls and and pneumatic systems and, you know, oil and oil pressure systems, hydraulics, landing gear, radios, you name it. I mean, the work that had to be done to literally put these things back together if you had the ability yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Or maybe, as the case may be, a lot of the number of these war stockage planes after the Second World War, you know, when the United States became, you know, literally the leader of the of the free world, we exported a fair amount of war stockage um, to places like South America, planes that never saw combat service mm-hmm. that were, you know, flown and maintained by the various countries and air forces that were operating in them. And then, you know, later on, let's say in the, you know, after, after they had already been down there for 10 or 15 years, those countries were going to upgrade their, their flying squadrons to newer airplanes. Well, hey, suddenly all these airplanes became available for purchase. And and in some cases, that's exactly what happened. Oftentimes, it was men; could have been, you know, women. But if you had the money mm-hmm. and you were able to go to South America, you could go buy an airplane. <laughs> now those days, you know, are long gone. So so now it becomes increasingly difficult because the junk heaps have already gone through, and the best parts have already been taken. And on that score, right, you know, folks who are listening, especially you know, people who are who do maintenance or work on equipment, you know, where, where's your bench stock, right? Where are your, where are your excess props? Mm -hmm. And I mean, propellers, right? Or where is your, where are your excess tires? And so, so what happened over the course of time is, you know, people hoard this stuff because then they get to use it to, to barter and trade to Mm -hmm. get pieces and parts that they need that their friends may have. And so it's just, you know, it's a hit. It's a culture, yeah. And some may say it's a subculture, right? <laughs> and and it's a, it's an exciting world to be around. And, and not to, not to use the word too much. It's it's fun. Yeah. Well, that's the point, right? Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, let's take another commercial break, and then when we come back, I'm going to get into this announcement. Get, okay. Good. Get you off yeah. the edge of your yeah. seat here. Oh, you too, man. <laughs> a well-worn pair of Danner boots has become a hallmark for hardworking and hard-playing people in the West and everywhere else, for that matter. Find your next pair of long-lasting, great-looking, made-in-the-USA Danner boots at D&B Supply. Hold a Danner boot in your hand, and you'll notice the handcrafted precision. Try it on, and you'll feel the difference. Test it against the elements, and you'll appreciate the value of a product that's built to last. From classic hiking boots to handcrafted work boots to fashion-forward looks to fit your daily life, stop on by D&B Supply to try Danner boots on for size. Good nutrition can mean the difference between best in show and better not go. So how can you make sure your future prize-winning livestock is getting exactly what it needs to succeed? Seasoned showmen and women use Neutrina Show Edge. Neutrina Show Edge provides a simple program that gives you the edge in the ring, so you can focus on what it takes to be a winner. Neutrina Show Edge livestock feeds and supplements, available at your local D&B Supply. All right. Well, everybody, we are talking with Pat Kilroy, the general manager of the Warhawk Air Museum, and we're talking all about the Warbird Roundup that's coming up in August, August 26th and 27th from 9 to 4 p.m. each day at the Warhawk Air Museum, 201 Municipal Drive, Nampa. Great website. So go on over to warhawkairmuseum.org and check out what they have to offer. Now, we were talking off the air, Pat. The Warbird Roundup is already an incredibly popular event, a great event. It draws in a lot of people. 
And now all of a sudden there has been something else pop up. It's a huge announcement, especially in this world. Why don't you tell us what it is? While we're talking about this, uh, for the viewers that are near a computer or maybe you've got your smartphone out, so go into your web browser and uh, do a search for Dottie May, so D-O-T-T-I-E-M-A-E. In the latter weeks of World War II, the P-47 Thunderbolt Dottie May, flown by a lieutenant by the name of uh, Kuhl, K-U-H-L, was on its way back from a combat mission and the airplane crashed into a lake in Austria. Well, 60 years later, that airplane was fished off the bottom of that lake. Uh, a team led by a guy by the name of Bob Nightingale, who's a personal friend of, uh, of the Warhawk. And um, the Dottie Mae was, was mostly intact and um, eventually brought back to the United States. Matt, we were mentioning that when they pulled the airplane off the bottom of that lake, it still had all of its armament on it, so there was a lot of unexploded ordnance and so on. So it was a little bit dangerous at first. The pilot, by the way, survived, not to get too far ahead of myself, but uh, is still alive. And he will be at the Warbird Roundup when we publicly unveil a fully restored and fully operational Dottie May. That's incredible. If you go to our website, if you go to our Facebook page or any of our social media, or I might point folks in the direction of Allied Fighters, Allied Fighters, their Facebook page, you'll be able to see beautiful, recently shot video footage. Uh, The airplane first flew on the 22nd of June of 2017, so, you know, three, four weeks ago, and the Dottie May is just completing the required 25 hours of flight before it gets you know a release from the FAA and uh, it will have that completed as we speak the nose art of the airplane is being repainted the original nose art which is currently located in Caldwell at Vintage Airframes Mike Brashears and his outfit did incredible work to restore this airplane and it was Mike who led the effort to have the, the airplane unveiled at the Warbird Roundup. So we're just incredibly um, fortunate and, quite frankly, honored that we would be chosen. This is the biggest event in the Warbird community, perhaps in a decade. And um, there was some talk originally that it would be unveiled at the Oshkosh Air Show, which is the biggest air show in the world. And instead of it being at Oshkosh, it's going to be right here at the War, uh, Warbird Roundup in, in Nampa, Idaho. So pretty, pretty exciting. That is exciting. And so I'm, I'm sitting here going on a scale of 1 to 10, just how lucky are we that this is happening here? But I think it sounds like a 10. It's a 20. <laughs> okay. No, no, seriously, Matt. Yeah. It is a 20. That we would be selected to be the location where where this airplane is unveiled to the public. Incredible. And when you think on top of the P-38 being out there mm-hmm. um, and all the P-51s and the B-25 and and all of the other beautiful airplanes that are coming in for this event, that the Dottie May is going to be there on top of all those things, it's a once in a lifetime, a once in a lifetime experience for us and certainly for anybody who shows up because the Dottie May will not be staying here. We expect that it's probably going to go to uh, Southern California, mm-hmm. and that will be its eventual home. That's what we think. But that they would, again, honor us, that it would be unveiled at the Roundup is out of – it's just out of control. It's just amazing. All right. So for everybody listening, 
this is an unbelievably rare opportunity that you have right here in That's our right. backyard. In our own backyard. Okay. And, and I might add, right, so back to vintage airframes. So mm-hmm. the craftsmanship, the work, the the effort, the detail was all done by those craftsmen, those men, all men, led by Mike Brashears over at Vintage Airframes. They did the work. This is this is Idaho craftsmanship. That's awesome. It's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, I get chills just as you describe it. Yeah, it's crazy. So where is the Dottie May now? Yeah, it's um it's over at Vintage Airframes, which is uh, at the Caldwell Airport, but it's not available for for folks to see. Got it. Yeah, it's it's just not available. So if folks if folks want to see this airplane, they're going to have to come to the Roundup. And during the Roundup, will it be flying? Yes. So people can see it actually flying. Oh yeah. That's great. Well, it's got to fly in, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> We're not going to truck it from Caldwell to Nampa. No, it's going to fly in. And so that was going to be my next question. So is there going to be a point in time during uh, during the roundup where it flies in for the first time where people can see that? Or will it come in ahead of time? Uh, I, I expect that she'll come in more than likely on Friday, but she'll be inter- integrated into the, the flying portions of the mm-hmm. roundup. That it's going to be seen with all of those other airplanes, you know, with its sisters, if you will, uh-huh. reunited. It's just going to be a tremendous visual experience. All right. Incredible. Let's take another commercial break. And then when we come back, I got some more questions for you. About okay. This. Nowhere to go for good looking boots that won't break the bank. For that authentic Western look on a budget, D&B knows that you can turn to Laredo Boots. Laredo Boots have a loyal following for dealing out that real Western look and feel with detailed stitching and traditional designs from the best of the Old West. They're also known to be tender on the feet while saving your hard-earned legal tender. Stick out around town without the sticker shock with Laredo Boots, available at your favorite D&B Supply. Jumpstart your pet's healing with Vetresin Plus Wound and Skin Spray, Eye and Ear Care, and Hotspot Hydrogel. Vetresin products are safe, non-toxic, and contain no antibiotics or steroids. Make bath time healthier for your pet and easier for you with Vetresin Foam Care Shampoo. It sprays on for quick coverage, foams up instantly, conditions skin as it cleans, and rinses easily. Vetresin Animal Wellness products are the safest, most effective way to help your animals heal. Visit them online at Vetresin.com. All right, so we're speaking with Pat Kilroy, General Manager at the Warhawk Air Museum, all about the Warbird Roundup, August 26th and 27th, 9 to 4 p.m. at the Warhawk Air Museum, 201 Municipal Drive in Nampa. Now, we just got the bombshell news that the Dottie Mae is going to be revealed for the very first time here at the Warbird Roundup, which is incredible. I didn't know, because you didn't tell me off the air, which is great, that the pilot who was flying it, when it went down in Austria, will be there at the Roundup. Two of the original crew will be at the Roundup. Cool, who was the pilot, and the armament technician will also be there, and his name escapes me. But both of those gentlemen, they're living in the Pacific Northwest, so their travel will not be all that difficult uh, for them to be here. But you know, Matt, in so many instances that many of those out there listening, um, and, and I can you know personally attest, those, those who served in uniform, there's this really visceral connection between our service and those, those machines, that equipment that we in many times and in many cases went to combat with. And so what folks are going to be able to observe is that 
reunion of men and machine at the roundup, which, you know, we've, we've done a couple of uh, other things like this out at the museum. Mm-hmm. The B model Huey that we have, for example, the 60th, 69th attack helicopter company, there was a reunion a couple of years back where those men were reunited with one of their very own aircraft that somehow managed to, to survive the war and wound up back here in the States was renovated. And at the reunion uh, of that company, which was held at the museum, that B model Huey was unveiled. And so, you know, it's a remarkable thing to observe. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's not a lot of speaking that goes on, right? Right. There's, there's just a lot of introspective, thoughtful, you know, wonder and amazement of, you know, hey, hey, wow! I haven't seen you in a while. You know, yeah. How have you been? <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's remarkable. So that that is going to happen. Awesome. Well, and to add to the drama of this, have Mister Cool or the armament technician have will either of them been reunited with her prior to this unveiling at the? Uh, it's my understanding that at a certain part, and I don't know the exact answer to the question, but I believe that at various times during the restoration out at vintage that they had an opportunity to see how it was going well i mean who better to tell them no this is right this is not right than than the people that that yeah um the other thing that will be um that the public i'm sure will appreciate is there will be a a briefing so a presentation that you know we're currently working on how how we're going to uh to do this but there will be a an audiovisual presentation that we will provide to the public at the museum during the roundup of the rest of the recovery mm-hmm. and the restoration. So, not that we're going to be able to do a National Geographic, you know, quality <laughs> production, but there will be a, a top-notch briefing led by you know folks like you know Mike Brashear and Bob Nightingale and uh, I, I suspect Jack Crowell who owns the airplane now. And I, I would imagine that uh, Cool and the Armament Tech are going to give an opportunity to speak about the airplane, but that's going to go on. And in addition to that presentation about the Dottie Mae, Glacier Girl, which is the P-38 recovered by Bob Carden, there will be a uh, top-notch presentation given by Bob to talk about that P-38 that was recovered. So, you know, again, it's just a, a remarkable billing of not only airplanes, but information I, I think that the public is really going to appreciate the program that we have in store. Awesome. Okay. Let's take another commercial break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up, talk a little bit more about the Warhawk Air Museum. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, man. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them, too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop on by your favorite D&B supply. Did you know that a horse's top line plays an important role in how that horse performs, looks, and feels? That's why Neutrina offers top line balance and select horse feeds available at DNB Supply. Not all feeds are created equal, and not all feeds can improve a horse's top line. It took years of research and field trials to develop this unique approach to equine health. So look for the top line balance logo on select Neutrina horse feeds. For a healthier top line, stop on by DNB Supply for top line balance from Neutrina. 
All right, everybody. Well, again, we've got Pat Kilroy, General Manager of the Warhawk Air Museum on with us today, and we're talking all about the Warbird Roundup coming up August 26th and 27th from 9 to 4 p.m. each day at the Warhawk Air Museum, 201 Municipal Drive in Nampa. Now, Pat, I, I had a follow-up question that the story of the Dottie Mae is, is incredible as somebody who... I, I love our history. I love the history of our military. And I like I participate in a group called the National Society of the Sons of the American Revolution, because uh, in my family, we have some ancestry that fought in the in the American Revolution. But nice. when, I, when I really dial it in on what I'm interested in, it always winds up being Europe and World War II. That just happens to be right. the area that I really read about the most and, yeah. and study the most. So this sure. is fascinating to me that uh, she had gone down in a lake there in Austria and now I wanted to ask you, so what What was the Dottie Mae's job? Right. So uh, the P-47 Thunderbolt was uh, was developed, I believe, in late 1940, uh, early 1944, and then saw operational service in late 44 into 45. This was really a tank-killing fighter plane. It was predominantly used for air-to-ground attack because of the size of the, of the engine, and uh, and the power that she generated and the speeds that she was able to fly at and the weaponry that you know she had the the ability to carry this was an airplane that was fast and and mean so when it was coming back i i think in a in a flight of 7 as i recall but it was a flight of 7 or or thereabout you know they were coming back from a from a killing mission mm-hmm. and as i recall the story she was in the process of, uh, of of changing position in the formation flight. You know, they were flying low, probably too low, and hit the water. Well, if you hit the water, you're flying too low. I mean, I'm not a pilot, but that seems right. Yeah, the two things you want to not run out of <laughs> is airspeed and altitude, you know. So if you're going fast, but you're, you know, you ran at altitude, that's a problem. That is a problem. <laughs> So it's how, a good lesson for kids too, right? So, <laughs> Don't run out of airspeed and altitude. That is right. So how many crew members were on board? Just these two? Uh, just just the one. Yeah, it was a single pilot airplane. Oh, okay. So the I, armament I, guy was on the ground. Got it. I've yeah. got it now. Okay. So he survived the crash, which is which cool. Is survived the crash. That's a exactly whole another right. story. It's a, another story in itself. I mean, he. I guess there were you know some uh, some Austrian kids, or, or there was a family that was on the side of the of the lake. They saw the airplane, you know, go in. They jumped in a rowboat. The pilot popped to the surface, and they plucked him out of the water. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Incredible. Incredible. And now, at that point in time, in Austria, had had the United States or the Allied forces advanced that far? Yes. So he he was not. He was not not behind enemy lines. That's right. Yeah. At that point, right. That in and of itself is an incredible story. But of course, there's there's tons of them from. From that. Well, and the other thing I, I might you know mention, in fact, probably should mention, Matt, is as we mentioned earlier in the conversation, most of the most of the warbirds that are out there flying never saw combat service. They never stared down the ugly barrel of a pointed weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, nor did those pilots that were flying them at the time. That's not the case with the Dottie May, which is part of what makes it so exciting. This aircraft was in combat service when she went down and has now been fully restored to fly again. So for those people that are that are, you know, really paying attention to this story, you know, and we'll get into the research and learn about other warbirds that are out there flying, it is singularly rare that 
a warbird that's flying today will be like the Dottie Mae. Right. Flown in combat. I don't recall the exact number of combat missions that she uh, participated in. The number 45 comes come to mind, but I, that may not be right. When, when folks look at it online, though, I'm sure they'll be able to research it, but pretty remarkable. Well, just another reason to get out there and, and be part of this. Yeah, I, I agree. As we wrap up, a few logistics. So for people who are going out, this is open uh, 9 to 4, both days. Right. Uh, what is out there for them? Is there food? Is there drink? Uh, it may be hot. It may sure. not. So a couple of things. We'll have a couple of food vendors. I think we're trying to get a total of four food vendors that'll be out there. So folks will be able to get grab a bite to eat. It's going to be warm. You know, it is August. It is it is Idaho. So there will be beverages. We don't serve any adult beverages. So it's a very family-friendly environment. Mm-hmm. There'll be water for sale, you know, for not a whole lot. And then, you know, sodas and that kind of stuff will be available as well. So creature comforts are all there. If it's hot outside, the hangars will be open, so there will be plenty of shade. You know, again, a very family-friendly environment, and um, uh, and away you go. We have on our website, if folks want to purchase their tickets in advance, they can do that online at our website. It's uh, warhawkairmuseum.org, or they can just buy them on the day of the event that they, they come to, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. Uh, the ticket prices are $20 for general admission, $18 for military and seniors, and $10 for kids. And along those lines, purchasing tickets in advance, we're recording this on July 7th, but this isn't airing uh, until August. And so uh, you told me that with this announcement about the Donnie Mae, you've already, you already know that people are coming from as far away as Wisconsin to attend yeah. this event. Yeah, that's that's what we're that's what we've been informed. Okay. The announcement was only made yesterday. The public announcement was made yesterday morning. So it's interesting that that's the kind of response that's already being generated. So people should pre-purchase their tickets. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people coming to this. I think they're going to be a, f- a few more than we're accustomed to. So okay. and we'll and we'll be ready, you know, and there should be plenty of room for everybody. There's free parking. We work closely with the city of Nampa. The free parking is adjacent to the museum, so it's a short walk. Do recommend folks if they want to bring their chairs, you know, bring your lawn chairs. We'll have chairs to sit in. We always pick up extras, but you might want to bring your chairs. We don't allow, you know, coolers and that kind of stuff in for obvious reason. But, you know, check the website out. There's all the information that you need there. Well, again, everybody, and one last time, it's the Warbird Roundup, August 26th and 27th, 9 to 4 each day at the Warhawk Air Museum, 201 Municipal Drive in Nampa. That's right. I I would like to say uh, thank you to D&B Supply. They've been a fantastic partner of ours. We're we're grateful for uh, what they've done for us, and um, we're really looking forward to, to seeing everybody out there. So thank you, Matt. You bet. This is an incredible community event, incredible opportunity for Nampa and for the Treasure Valley, uh, as well as everybody surrounding us that can come in and see this history and this heritage. And so, uh, as I like to say, the pleasure is all on this side of the microphone. Thanks, Pat. Thank you.